This podcast is brought to you by Healthy Dog Food Recipe Maker. If you would like to switch your dog from processed food to healthier diet, or if you are already feeding raw or cooked diet and would like to ensure that it is well balanced and complete, the recipe maker is for you. There are no human doctors who recommend processed food over fresh, wholesome diet, and it is time for the veterinary industry to do the same. The recipe maker is free for any caring dog lover, and I'm sure it is you. It has all the information you need on what foods are good for dogs, how much to feed, and to determine if your dog's weight is optimal and what supplement groups are needed to make the diet complete. All you need to do is to go to recipemaker.peterdubias.com and try to create your first recipe for your beloved dog. Hello, my dog lovers. Hi, this is Dr. Peter Tobias, and this is the next episode of Not Just About Dogs. Now, you know that most of the time I talk about dogs, but the reason why we named our podcast Not Just About Dogs is that we sometimes talk about human health, nutrition, well-being, and how to live a healthy and long life with our dogs together. So today, I'd like to talk about one of the most important parts of creating health, and that is to eliminate potential causes of disease. Now, I've had many people asking in practice, why is a certain condition happening to their dogs and what caused it? And the problem is that quite often a disease doesn't happen just by one cause or one agent. It doesn't happen because bacteria is lurking around the corner. It happens because the immune system may be weakened or maybe the digestive tract is weakened due to lumbar spine injury. All that can actually connect. And while this may not seem completely logical, I will explain in the course of this um, these broadcasts why it completely makes sense and what I've learned in the 30 years of 30 plus years actually working with um, animals and their people. Now, a good example is, let's say, kidney disease. Let's take a kidney disease as a model disease. Uh, kidney disease may be genetically predisposed. But from what we learned, uh, genes are responsible only for about 15 to 20% of the overall disease expression. The rest may be, for example, in case of kidney disease, feeding dry food that dehydrates your dog and creates extra additional stress for the kidneys. Injury around the third lumbar vertebra that is related energetically to kidneys can also be one of the reasons why kidney disease um, happens. A lack of access to water. I've been always on my partner about giving our dogs enough water. And people sometimes forget. Or when people go for a hike and forget to take a water bottle and their dogs get dehydrated if there are no puddles nearby. Another possible cause of kidney disease can be NSAIDs or non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. They are often administered for pain control or arthritis. And many dog lovers actually do not know that these drugs can cause and do cause kidney disease. So when you look at conditions such as kidney disease again, we know that genetic predisposition, feeding dry food, injury around the third lumbar vertebra that is energetically related to the kidneys, lack of water, and maybe some medication can actually lead to kidney disease. Acknowledging this complexity of uh, disease formation or creation um, will help you to understand how to prevent it, how to help your dog and also in your own case 
to be healthy and how to eliminate these damaging factors. One of the most damaging elements in disease creation or in the disease process are toxins. There are 37,000 billion billion chemical reactions happening in the body every second. That is 37 with 21 zeros. Now, if you can even imagine this staggering number, it will become very, very clear, even if you can't really comprehend this huge number, it becomes very clear that the body has a lot of work to do. And if there are any toxins or any unnatural foreign substances in the system, in the body, they will interfere with the chemical reactions. I sometimes compare toxins to the rowdy hooligans at the soccer game or someone that is making a lot of noise at a classical music concert. These sounds or disturbances will obviously offset the whole situation. It will make it a very different experience. And when it comes to metabolic functions in the body, these toxins, these foreign substances will disturb the 37,000 billion billion chemical reactions to the point where it may cause a disease. One of the good examples of toxicity causing disease is actually fish-based diet. Fish these days contains mercury and especially when it comes to fish that is used in making dog food, mercury levels are usually quite high. I've seen dogs with increased mercury level suffering from epilepsy, neurologic dysfunction, behavior changes, kidney disease or liver disease. And I discovered that through hair testing, which is a method that is very accurate and uh, reliable and also inexpensive. Dog lovers are sometimes curious why I chose hair testing as opposed to blood testing. And the reason is simple. When it comes to blood testing, you can determine what the levels of calcium or mercury or lead is in the bloodstream. But it doesn't necessarily give you an idea how much is in the body deposited in fat and and bones and other tissues. Hair testing is a little more accurate because it gives you a time frame of about three to four months. If you take an inch of hair, it takes about three to four months to grow out. And it will give you an idea what the body has been exposed in that uh, time frame. So it's a little more accurate, actually quite more accurate, and it gives you a really good, reliable values that are quantitative. I've been using hair testing for many years now, and this is how I actually discovered that dogs that eat fish diet are more likely to have high mercury levels, and also dogs that are on fish diet are more likely to uh, suffer from epilepsy, neurological disorders, behavior changes, and other problems. Another example I'd like to give you is uh, arsenic. I used to be very puzzled by dogs that had high levels of arsenic until I started to see a very clear link between rice-based diet and arsenic content. Now, most rice is grown in Asia, and we know that many of the rice patches are actually watered by polluted water. And industrial pollution actually is a huge source of arsenic. And this arsenic-polluted water obviously supplies the nutrients and also arsenic to the rice. So this is how arsenic gets into our food chain, into our dog's bodies, into our own bodies. That's why I often recommend other alternatives like quinoa or rice cauliflower instead of rice, or at least growing or buying Californian rice, uh, which is uh, less polluted. What toxins also do in the body, they take the spot 
for the healthy minerals, for the minerals that may be missing. I quite often compare the body to an aeroplane where the toxins and the healthy minerals and nutrients compete for the seeds. Now, if you have seeds full by the healthy minerals and nutrients, then the toxins are less likely to take over in the body and in the chemical reactions. Now, we know that uh, if you want to build a house or a bike or car or plant a plant, that we have to have certain ingredients or certain parts. And without those parts, uh, we cannot make the bike or make the car or build a house. And the same thing happens in the body. And when the essential nutrients are missing, as I said, toxins are much more likely to latch onto the cell receptors, take place in the chemical reactions and create disease. I know that this may seem to be really simple, but this is one of the core principles of maintaining health. And unfortunately, many people do not understand it. There are still people that feed fish-based diets or rice-based diets, or they opt for less expensive, inferior dog food. And this doesn't mean that if you buy more expensive food that it's going to be toxin-free because it's super hard to control the supply chains and food chains and uh, soils. It's super complex. So what do I do to reduce the, the amount of toxins in my dog's food and my own food? Well, it's really simple. What I do, I try to eat wholesome whole food as opposed to processed food whenever possible. I do not go in the center of the aisles, almost never. If I need something like granola, I make it at home from the ingredients that I buy separately. And I try not to give any processed food. Actually, I don't give any processed food to my dog packs. I know that kibble is very tempting. It's convenient. It is relatively inexpensive. And there's nothing easier than reaching in the back and putting in the bowl. But in the long run, that is really not the way to go. Um, I don't know one single human doctor who would recommend processed food for their patients. And unfortunately, in the veterinary industry, it's still happening. And I've witnessed, as a veterinarian, I've witnessed uh, why it's happening. The education in, in vet schools and colleges is actually dominated by pet food companies and their sponsor, sponsorships and, and lavish dinners and, and educational series. Uh, the second one is that they have made us believe that raw food or cooked home food will not provide our dogs with nutrients and with essential building blocks for dogs to be healthy. I have seen the opposite to be true. I have been a vet for over 30 years and I, for example, have not seen many cases of hip dysplasia in dogs that were fed raw or cooked homemade diet with bones and vegetables, raw bones only, of course. And I've seen many dogs who suffer from hip dysplasia and joint deformities from food, uh, from processed food. My explanation is that when you feed kibble, it's really calorie dense and dogs grow too fast. And when they grow too fast, the joints do not get a chance to form. Sometimes the cartilages in some of the joints will chip off because uh, the bone grows too fast. And it is actually a result of feeding um, imbalanced, high-calorie, rich, rich food. And when I see that some of these pet food companies actually suggest that, that they make scientifically-based diet, I wonder what kind of scientists they employ because... I have not seen dogs eating corn, rendered fat, wheat, grain, and other byproducts, uh, beet pulp and uh, powdered cellulose, actually, which is wood chips. 
And they're still claiming that that such food is better than wholesome food. So when you look at diet, look at what we feed our dogs, try to go to non-processed food, try to source as locally as possible. Um, when it comes to treats, uh, make treats at home. There's nothing easier than baking or cooking a little piece of chicken or other meat and cut it in cubes, put it in the freezer and then pull it out every day and, and have fresh treats. Or if you have a dehydrator, you can also dehydrate meats. So if you want to keep your dog healthy, I urge you to consider raw or homemade cooked diet. If you're worried, if your dog's diet will be balanced, you can go to recipemaker.peterdobias.com and there's a free tool that I created for anyone who wants to feed their dog's healthy diet. And basically this recipe maker will allow you to create recipes according to what you have at home, but it will give you the dosages, it will give you the what to do if your dog is thinner or heavier and how to increase it or decrease the amount of food. And it's been a really helpful tool. Now, besides eating healthy food, we have to remember the toxins also come from the environment. And while we cannot really always have an effect, air pollution or some sort of chemical plant that is in your surrounding or vicinity, we can affect uh, or reduce the toxin levels by using natural lawn care products, garden products, um, have an organic garden as opposed to using chemicals. When it comes to cleaning products, household products, uh, you can also opt for the natural ones that do not have chemical substances uh, that are harmful to your dog. And I would say everything that is not natural is probably not, it doesn't belong to your household. Now, what I do every six months, I take my dog's piece of hair and send it to the lab and analyze the hair to see what his toxin levels are, heavy metals, arsenic, lead, mercury, and also if his nutritional profile is good and if, if there's something or if there's something missing. I do the same with myself, even though uh, it's, it's more difficult for me to collect hair <laughs> because I don't have much of it. But it's been really help, helpful too. Just about a year ago, I had a little bit of a muscle ache and I was really puzzled because I was, you know, stretching and doing yoga and ate well. And I still had a little bit of achy muscles all over the body. And when I got my hair cutters back, I discovered that I had high levels of copper. And copper can be helpful or is helpful as in small amounts, but I was eating too much of too good chocolate and uh, chocolate does have high levels of copper. So I reduced my chocolate ingestion. I was really sad about it, but I had to. And the muscle aching disappeared. So it really is valuable to understand your dog's toxicity level and nutritional profile. If you would like to run Herky Test for your dog, you can go to HerkyTest.com and uh, the spelling is H-A-I-R-Q-Test.com and you can just follow the instructions to run your dog Herky Test. And that's about it for, for today. Thank you so much for listening. I'm looking forward to the next time and if your dog is nearby, give him or her a hug for me. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>